Support is provided by the Red Stag Supper Club, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week and brunch on weekends, focusing on locally farmed ingredients and featuring a Friday night fish fry. RedStagSupperClub.com. From Minnesota Public Radio, this is Grammar Grader. It's the podcast about words, grammar, and usage for the information age. This week's episode, Grammar Grader's Halloween Party. Okay, Timmy, are you ready for Halloween? Eh, I suppose so. What's the matter, dear? Well, I guess I'm just not that excited about Halloween. How can you not be excited? Costumes? Jack-o'-lanterns? Trick-or-treating? That's just it. I mean, where do those traditions come from? Excuse me? For example, why do we even call it Halloween? Um... I'm just having a hard time embracing these rituals without any context. Are you sure you're really just eight years old? This week on Grammar Grader, as a special treat, we'll be looking at words that have to do with Halloween. So, where does the word Halloween come from? Okay. According to Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, the 31st of October in the old Celtic calendar was the last day of the year. And Brewers says it was believed that this last night in October was a night when all the witches and warlocks were roaming about. This is corroborated in The Folklore of World Holidays, second edition. The Druids believed that the dead came back to visit the living every 31st of October. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III appropriated this observance and moved it to November 1st, creating the day known as All Saints Day. The day before became known as All Hallows' Eve. And since the Middle Ages, this date has been associated with witches and sorcerers. Fast forward to 1745. According to the Barnhart Dictionary of Etymology, in Scotland, by 1745, All Hallows' Eve had been reduced to its current name. Here to shed more light on that is NPR News reporter Ewan Kerr, a Glasgow native. Welcome back to Grammar Grader, Ewan. Thanks for having me. So the Scots, it seems, have a hand in just about every holiday. <laughs> and they also have a talent for what in linguistics is called reduction. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about the progression of All Hallows' Eve? Well, of course, this is based on a, a religious holiday. Uh, All Hallows' Eve is the day before All Saints' Day, which was uh, you know, an important religious festival. And uh, people tend to uh, slur things together. So we would start off with All Hallows' Evening or All, All Hallows' Eden, and it eventually became Halloween. Now, it's interesting, too, that Halloween is often seen spelt with an apostrophe between the two E's that seems to reflect this contracted heritage. Well, I actually thought that was just the way you spelled it because that's the way I've always done it. It's strange now it occasionally gets picked up by spell checkers. As I put it. But, of course, there, there should be an apostrophe there if you're, if you're going to be right. Now, the Celtic calendar marked the year from November to October, and the 31st of October was a night of witches and warlocks. Yeah, and there's actually the traditional Celtic festival of Samhain, which happens around about that time. But one of the, the interesting things that you, you still hear a lot about in Scotland is uh, the Robert Burns poem, Tam O'Shanter. It's an epic poem. It takes about 15 minutes to, to read aloud. But it's the story of a man who, uh, coming home late, drunk from the pub, encounters a witch's Sabbath and uh, is chased by this hideous group of people, led, though, by an extremely attractive young woman who is who is the witch. And, and she wears this cut-up piece of material, which is kind of an undershirt, which was called the Cutty Sar. Now, obviously, this poem has left other linguistic imprints. Yes, in fact, the Cutty Sark was the clipper, which was actually a, a record-breaking ship that traveled across the Atlantic, had a tin cutout of the vest stuck on the mast for its namesake. And that, of course, has then inspired the name of the, the very popular whiskey. 
Of course. Now, is there any tie between the poem and the witch's Sabbath and the fact that the Cuddy Sark caught fire about a year ago? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but it is that time of year where we could start malicious rumors. <laughs> okay. And then the Tam O'Shanter headgear uh, hat really um, got its name from etchings. I, I must admit I'm not entirely sure. It, it, it's a kind of an interesting piece of headgear, that, because, uh, you know, he's he's seen wearing it. And it's it's a piece of headgear which I think you tend to see more in America now than you actually do in Scotland. <laughs> All right. So... What about jack-o'-lantern? The jack-o'-lantern refers to a pumpkin that has been hollowed, not hallowed, and carved with a face. A candle is placed inside to illuminate the face at night. Well, that's pretty straightforward. But who is Jack? According to Brewer's Dictionary again, the name jack-o'-lantern was taken from another term for what's commonly known as will-o'-the-wisp, scientific name Ignis Fatius, which is the phosphorescent light seen near marshes, thought to be given off by decaying vegetation. The light of the pumpkin's glowing face suggested the ostensibly magical light of will-o'-the-wisp to people, so they applied the name jack-o'-lantern to the pumpkin. Now, other magic-sounding names for will-o'-the-wisp include elf fire, friar's lantern, peg lantern, kit of the candlestick, walking fire, fair maid of Ireland, or John in the Wad. Wait a minute. John in the Wad? That's what it said. Wad of what? Not sure. Ewan? Can't help you, John. Well, I'm glad they picked jack-o'-lantern for the pumpkin thing. Fine, fine. But what about trick-or-treat? Brewer's Dictionary says to trick-or-treat is a Halloween custom of American origin, wherein kids threaten a prank if not given sweets. Brewer's qualifies this by explaining, In most cases, the latter is proffered and the former is rarely realized. So I guess that explains it, Timmy. Do you think you can get behind this Halloween thing now? Yeah, let's go trick-or-treating. Okay, we'll just have to keep our eyes out for ghosts. Ghosts? What's wrong now? Are you afraid? Well, nobody mentioned anything about ghosts. So you are a true eight-year-old after all. This has been Grammar Grader from Minnesota Public Radio. Source material for this episode comes from Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, the Barnhart Dictionary of Etymology, Folklore of American Holidays, and the Oxford Dictionary of Current English, all of which can be found at publicradiomarket.org. Thanks, as always, to the Grammatis Persone player, Gori Busi, Julia Schrenkler, and John, the Boston Strangler, Ryan. Special thanks to Ewan Scare. Our producers are Bled Baldwin and Jen Howell. John Pearson Scream is the executive producer. Your host is Spook Taylor. Thanks for daring to listen. And if you like Grammar Grader, consider supporting it by becoming a member of Minnesota Public Radio at mpr.org slash grammar grader.